0: Thanks for tuning into the Life in the Front Office podcast. I'm your host, Jake Hirschman. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And thanks to Suja Organic for their support. Remember, you can get 15% off any one-time pack on shop.sujajuice.com with the code LIFO, L-I-F-O. And enjoy today's episode. Welcome to today's episode on the Life in the Front Office podcast presented by Sujo Organic. Excited to have my guest on and Luke Sayers, Vice President at TPG, Teal Property Group. Uh, Luke has been a friend, uh, Luke has been a mentor, Luke has been a colleague. Uh, we've gotten to work on a deal together. We've, uh, I mean, know a number of things, but really, really respects what he's been able to do thus far in his career. Uh, his association with the Ohio University Sports Ad Program as well. Uh, so Luke, nonetheless, uh, welcome.
1: Thanks, Jake. It's, this, is, this is, I would like to return all that. Big fan of yours. Appreciate your friendship and appreciate what you're doing for the, the sport industry with podcasts, your books, your lectures. It's, it's been fun to watch you do what you do. I really appreciate
0: being here. Absolutely. Well, you know, I think the fun part is we get to tell people's stories, right? And and you obviously have a unique one, just like anyone else. But um, we'll get into kind of your story. And then we'll get into a little bit of TPG, What's what TPG is, what, what you guys are trying to do, how you're um, shaking up the, the sports and entertainment industry, uh, and go from there. But a, kind of a quick GPS of you know, some of your pit stops along the way. And you know, if you if you think about the current present moment, do you you know, do you think you would be where you are today if you kind of go back to when you're going through high school and college? Uh, uh I'll answer that one first. No. Um,
1: you know, does if, if anybody answers that yes, then then maybe we'll have to
0: we'll have to have them write a book. Um, well, I feel like lawyers, doctors like like if yep. you're kind of on that path there's only one option <laughs> there, there is really right that's true fair fair all point all right
1: you know it, it's if this is funny and and there's there hasn't been a uh, I'm kind of a hopefully I may you know be present where you are type of person so you know what we'll get into is you you'll see there is really you know no real strategic plan I'm a relationship guy And I'd like to think I'm a strategy person, but relationships, in my opinion, kind of rule the day. So while I've had a strategy, I've really been super blessed to be around some amazing people that have really created opportunities that I didn't think I'd have. If you go all the way back, and this is kind of the humorous, uh, non-scientific part, boil it down, I went to a movie my senior year in high school. That movie was called Jerry Maguire. I got home that night and I said, you know what, I'm working in sports. I'm going to be an agent. I'm going to sign one football player. He's going to love me and uh, the rest will be history. Like how hard, how hard can this thing be?
0: And he's going to show you the money. He's going to show me the money. <laughs>
1: um, so, so really, you know, did zeroed in at that point. That did take me to Ohio university. It, that that was kind of that if I'm, if I'm going to work in sport. Did my due diligence, looked around, realized the, the pedigree, the, the people, uh, the heritage uh, of those that before me and that all chose Ohio University to, to pursue their graduate work. And so really just set my targets there. Throughout that, you know, whatever you want to say, late high school, college, um, really did, you know, just plan on that pro space. And really that's simply because I hadn't had the experience yet to understand the vast, amount of opportunities that the sport industry actually does open to to somebody. As I was in college, I really, you know, a lot of my volunteer work, a lot of that early resume building was in the, was on the intercollegiate athletics side. And while I never really, you know, was able to maybe put a name on it until much later in my career when I joined ISP. I heard Ben Sutton say once, he likes representing the schools and and the teams where the name on the front of the jersey is more important than the name on the back. And while I didn't know it, that was what was resonating with me during my undergraduate and even graduate experience. So I really, really fell in love with the college landscape and that was kind of, that was maybe that first big transition went through uh, on the marketing side, thought I would be in facilities and event management that's what my graduate assistantship was in. Really enjoyed that. Liked working with coaches, officials, and then got out. And probably what happened to me happens to, you know, many of uh, all of us in this industry, the, the job that I got offered wasn't actually what I thought that I would be doing. Um, and that was on the marketing side and really, really started to enjoy the ideation, the, the creativity, and and really the relationship side of the, of the external facing side of of intercollegiate athletics that then took me to all the way one thing
0: one thing real quick because i think it's interesting when you say you know you got your your degree in x right and it's like i i think that there's this notion sometimes that students if if i'm getting my degree in x i have to do y right and you don't, right? It's just, hey, school teaches you how to learn, how to think, etc., and then you go figure out how to apply your skills, right?
1: 100%, 100%. I, and I think for those that, I, I think if, you, if you're not open enough to, to to learn and then see where your skill set can take you, you know, that, that can lead to some disappointment. Had I just been so vision into one area of of this sport business and maybe that doesn't work out or you know maybe it you know who knows where that would have went know, there's there's a fair amount of disappointment there and I have had whether it was being an educator um, in the past few years or even just folks from a mentorship standpoint that really do kind of get down a little bit because well you know this is what I want to do but this is where my job is and you know, right, wrong, or indifferent, my advice has always been, look at the, you know, what opportunity puts you in with the best people, and then don't be afraid to learn and, and see where that, see where that goes from here. To degree, you know, kind of a microcosm of what our our good friend Andy Dolich likes to say is, you know, become get comfortable being uncomfortable. And I'll be honest, the first time I heard Andy say that, I just sat back and thought, what in the world does that mean? Um, then, then as I've understood that quite well, and, and now I say it, try to give him the credit for it, but I say it all the time. And I think it's something to be aware of just so that you don't, you know, set yourself up for something that might be unreasonable.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So once you, once you got out of school and you got onto the marketing side, you, you've kind of more or less stayed ish. In that marketing world for the most part?
1: Yeah, yeah, I have. And and that that part, I guess, if there is a strategy, that's been on purpose. I did I did realize that I'd enjoyed it. And while I, I while I loved the internal side, the external is that's me, you know, whether it's you know, just grabbing a taking a, a client prospect for for a happy hour or a full-blown event and scripting that event from two hours before the gates open. All the way till you know fireworks at the end of whatever that we're doing that's really where i realized that i i had some things that i could bring to the table that frankly i didn't even know that i had until i was kind of thrust in that limelight so really enjoyed it and and honestly you know this is you know not again not a not a great maybe reason to to initially do something but if we're all honest you know the 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 marketing side the sales side that's where a lot of the uh financial opportunities are so i realized that you know there's there's more yeah a little a little bit more of a personal gain um to to stay on the external side so yeah i've, I've been in that world every really every since 2001 once i graduated grad school and, which in my mind wasn't that long ago and now when that comes out of my mouth i realized that was a long time ago <laughs>
0: we are in 2022 and yes that's uh Yeah. I I mean, look, I I think one of the interesting parts about the reflection on the career, even though you still have a lot ahead of you, right, is, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you, you mentioned you really enjoyed the marketing side, right? And then along the way, there's that opportunity to either join organizations that have a shared passion, join organizations that, have an affiliation that you want to be a part of, whatever it might be. What has been behind some of those choices, where you know it's either been with TPG now, and hey, I can impact the high school space, right? Versus you know when you're at Ohio State, versus you know Huddle or something of that sort, right? So what's behind those choices and and joining specific organizations?
1: Yeah. So early on, and and again, maybe I'm you know it's just age showing through early on and, and not ashamed to admit it the financial side of a lot of those opportunities weighed weighed on me how you know yes where does this position me professionally but on where does this position me my current family or or maybe my future family the the best answer though as i've aged as i've grown is it's the people it it if the people are right. If the if the corporate culture is engaging and, and ready to do something, think differently, do something that's never been done. When you find yourself in that place with people you trust in a, in a place that's ready to do something cool, all the other the compensation, the, the clients, everything else kind of falls into right. falls into place. So that's really been probably since, you know, maybe mid college athletics, my my shift. Uh, if you will, came from being around people that you enjoy being around, and maybe more importantly, that you that you trust and that it can help you grow personally as much as professionally.
0: And when talking about people, what's the one thing that you've kind of kept in mind, or you, or you've tried to keep at the forefront, uh, as it relates to? you said you're a relationship guy, right? So when you're keeping in touch with people, I always, and we've talked about this before, right? It's impossible. Once you start to get to know a ton of people and you're working in different places and you move from one to another and to keep in touch with everybody, like it's not possible. Right. And for someone like me who doesn't have social media, who I'm like, you know, I don't know what's going on with certain people unless I text them or call them. Right. So um, how do you go about keeping those relationships intact, knowing that 15 years later, it could come down the road to be a job offer, right? Yep. Yep, absolutely. So I, I'm not, I'm not, you know, outside of
1: LinkedIn, which does definitely help at least who's bouncing around where, um, you know, I'm not a huge social media person either. So I think what I've done, and this was something, this is probably, I don't know the exact time frame. I'm going to say maybe five years ago. I was actually driving home. I had at that point a fair, you know, kind of a longer drive uh, to and from the office, and I just decided that every time, at the most random spots during the day, if somebody, if Jake pops in my mind, I'm just as soon as I pull over, or maybe even at a stoplight, which I know I shouldn't do, uh, but you know, I'm I'm just gonna text him, and I'm gonna say hi if you know if a friend you know whatever just and and really that's kind of my thing I, I think that we it's easy and and I'm I'm the poster child for running all over the place and and you know not being able to respond immediately but you know whether it's right before bed or first thing in the morning you know everybody has that 25 30 seconds that they can at least text someone back and and that's what I do I don't know if that's I don't know if that's a great thing. I don't know if that's if that's something, but I've found that that really does. It goes a long way. And sometimes that's just a really quick word of encouragement. Sometimes it is. Somebody, you know, hey, I'm exploring these two opportunities. What do you think? Which then obviously expands through text and then goes, goes to more of a formal call. But that's, my, that's been my thing is really just be spontaneous and be intentional. And so the spontaneous is I just, I happen to see something, oh, I haven't talked to them been six months or a year, I'm going to leave them a voicemail. The intentionality is when I have that thought, when I see that post on LinkedIn, whatever it might be, take that action. Because I was bad about thinking, oh, I'll, I'll call them next Friday. Well, as you know, that never happens. We're all on the road. We're all in meetings. This, you know, life does happen.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I, I think the spontane, spontaneity of that, uh, great point. And then also, just the intention, right? Like what is the intention of sending that text or or picking up the phone and calling somebody? The intention's got to be there of like, Hey, I'm I'm just checking in on you. Right. Like there, there, I think a lot of times it's like, you know, what's in it for me. It's like, no, no, no. I I just want to know how you're doing. Right. Like what's, what's going on in life. Yeah. How can I help? And I think that's a, a key important factor of just, you know, even if it's, It doesn't, you know. I think it's a lot of people like look at headlines, right, and and you know send people comments on things that are happening. But I actually think that you almost shouldn't do that because somebody, like most other people, are going to right. So then you get lost in the mix. It's like, how do you do it when they're least expecting it, right? When nothing's going on.
1: Could not agree more, and. I know that, yes, sometimes everybody needs a favor, but, you know, approaching that, that intentionality through just, you know, true openness with no agenda. I think that is, I really do try to, you know, that's, that's, I'm, you know, we've all seen it work the other way. You, you, you transition jobs, your thing hits LinkedIn and to your point, every, all of a sudden, you know, you start getting, messages and random messages and the way that they're framed you can just kind of tell there's more there than them just checking in you know there's there's a feeling that now you can do something for them and 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 that's not bad you know there's something to be you know if if that's what one believes networking is then that I guess that's that's fair but you know my thing is really just trying to I want to know real to me if you break it down real people with real relationships that's where people win. And that's, that has, for me personally, that has led to that 15 years later job offer. And I
0: just, that's just me kind of, I guess, in a nutshell. And let's just kind of switch past uh, towards yeah. the second, second half where, you know, TPG uh, obviously a lot going on there, but as you mentioned, you know, Ben Sutton and uh, you know, some prior relationships there and, and kind of what is TPG for those that are listening uh, where is it going? What are you doing? Um, how can others potentially also get in, involved if it's something that they're interested in as you guys continue to expand?
1: Yeah, so um, real quick, just just to kind of start up, you know, what is TPG? We're, we are the, the, the market leader, the market maker, maybe, and, and what maybe um, is, isn't, you know, you, we can debate that, you know, really the final frontier of sports marketing. So we're, we've entered a time where the the local content and local sport and local relevance are incredibly important to a brand. Sometimes that brand is the local person on main, you know, main and first street, right, in whatever town they in. Sometimes it might be, you know, a global company that needs to really look and feel local. So as Mike Wolfert, who's our CEO, which is goes to this you know, checking in and intentionality.'ve known Mike for years and years and years, and now finally actually get to work for him and, and couldn't be more excited about that. But as Mike was thinking about launching you know, this division, that's those are some of the things. What matters? What, what matters to maybe a brand from a marketing perspective, but how then, you know, are we also shaping that next generation, and when you look at some of the just general statistics, you know, most CEOs of most companies competed in some type of interscholastic activity while they were in high school. Um, the the buying power, moms, you know, the, all of those, all of those things that everybody wants, it kind of has that. The coolest thing about the landscape, there's a high school in every community. The biggest challenge of the landscape, there's a high school in every community. So. Our goal, if you take it all down, is really to help corporate America penetrate communities using high schools as the platform. But the you know, the result being some type of goal-driven matrix, whether that's simply sales or that's brand love or you know, whatever they're whatever they're majoring, measuring, we're trying to be the the one-stop shop for that for the first time bringing all the high schools together. So Mike did something that I think was extraordinarily beneficial. And I've said this kind of, this is my second stint in high schools. And my first time, we didn't necessarily have the infrastructure that are the state associations. So every state has a a statewide governing body. Mike began to go out and, and formalize and build relationships with each state governing body. That gives us a lot of credibility within any given state, but also gives us a lot of touch points through one state, one county, one region, half of America. um, because we can we can we can kind of bring that and talk through one megaphone in each state. So, you know, we're I don't know that it's fair to say that we are the next MMR company in in, you know, in existence. I think it's more fair to say, we are, a, you know, we're a sport marketing company that is partnering
0: with state associations, helping brands touch communities. And when you say you're not the next MMR, right, it's it's yep. you're not necessarily approaching it from the. I mean, you are you are trying to make money, of course. Right. But it's not the let's take all these rights and then, you know, go try and maximize it, right? It's like, how do we help each state along the way? Because each and every one is different. Each and every uh, state has different sports that are more important than the other, right? Some are bigger in football, some are bigger in basketball, some are bigger in, you know, more of the Olympic sports, right? Whatever it might be. Um, and, and everyone's got a different shape and size. And so then how do you make Uh, it kind of fit in in the larger landscape of the sports marketing world and introducing it to them right because that's not it's funny like uh, I'm I'm back where I where I grew up and you go drive by some of the high schools and they've got all sorts of advertising up now and when I was playing like that wasn't a thing right and so there's obviously an evolution to it
1: yeah there, there absolutely is and that's so, so we would, we work with, we partner with all of our state associations and, and other you know, partners throughout the, the high school landscape. So that's what's maybe a little bit different than just you know, bundling those rights and trying to monetize them. We we're working with our, our association partners and helping them to really just think through anything from a revenue perspective. You know, we're, we're, we're in a space that was funded 90, in some cases, you know, 99.9% through event ticket sales. We're coming out of a two-year time span where states weren't permitted to sell tickets. So, you know, just just looking at the last two years alone, you can see where that you know there are there are revenue needs that have a direct outcome in regard to student athlete or even. Gym the schools to your general student, where it impacts opportunities for any type of competition. So what we talk about, you know, it's it's kind of a, we we want to help corporate America come alongside, uh, you know, America's communities and and use high schools to do that versus interrupt with just that, you know, that banner on the outfield fence. And I'm not advocating, we have banners on outfield fences, I'm not saying there's no value there, but that is, you know, it is what it is, right? I mean, it's it's there, it's easy. It's you pay your fee, your sign gets hung, and you're done. But when we talk about really impacting not only the community, the state, the championship event that we're that we're trying to host, but also the corporate brand, you know, when you when you come alongside and you help me help my daughter have a better experience on the softball field now we're on to something i i know as a parent that my daughter got something because of that corporate partnership to play in that facility to keep her fees low whatever that might be so that's that's where we want to get this money unlike in some of the previous positions i've had it would be false to try to tell you where the money goes once it goes into whatever property that we're representing this money goes directly into the state association, which then directly goes into experiences, opportunities, and in some cases, even schools, as they may or may not pay to play in postseason opportunities or postseason events. Sorry.
0: Well, and and you know, scholarships are probably even a factor in there in terms of, you know, lower income communities where they, you know, maybe can't afford to pay a certain fee, right? Because there's always, Mm -hmm. you're always whether they're big or small, right. There's athletic fees of some sorts, whether it's for jerseys or, you know, and and uniforms and whatnot, um, you know, for some schools having to pay facility fees and, you know, keep to keep the lights on and all that. I think you underestimate like the high school level, you have much, much, much smaller budgets. You still have about the same amount of sports and just as many players. Right. So, um, it's interesting in just that model as a whole. It's like, how does how do you make that work? Plus, you know, you don't have super high pig coaches, right? So you're dealing with a different, uh, different beast in itself. But when you think about the the community aspect of it um, and how do you connect, you know, again, like you said, a, a brand to that very specific community where maybe they are headquartered, maybe they have their couple locations there or whatever it might be. Um, I think it's it's neat to be able to create that experience for a team where, hey, this is the pizza place that they're all going to go to after the game because they're the sponsor, right? And you yep. create those types of associations and, and um, traditions or memories or whatever it might be. When you think about the high school space and where it's going, where's the opportunity lie now that you guys have been in that space for a couple of years?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, we're we're a few years in. And, and we're still developing where those opportunities lie. It, it is, you know, this will probably change. There's, there's the, the, the message is resonating. The demand is there. The, the eyeballs are there. You know, we'll, we'll have in this next year, more people attending, you know, high school events in person than all other sports combined. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to argue some of the TV numbers and stuff that maybe the NFL or MLB gets, but in venue, you know, this is an incredibly large opportunity for for someone to get. The challenge is how do we how do we make sure they're there? How do we make sure when they're there that they're you know, they're getting their bang for their buck? But to your point on um, maybe being unaware or or underestimating the resources that some of these places have, that's where we can we can build something really meaningful for a corporate brand that has that checks every box that they want to check in traditional sponsorship, but also does something that most sponsorships can't do. It localizes and impacts, you know, across that scale. So you you look at some of these brands that spend, you know, just millions and millions of dollars a year and, and make some really cool things happen. We're in a space where we could take you know whatever that is, you know a fifteen million dollar spend. While that seems large in one partnership, depending on how we leverage that, we're able to, to scale down and touch places for, you know fifteen hundred dollars a school for the year, not a week, not a month for the year. So how else can you leverage sport, which everybody enjoys? You know being around because of the emotion, the, you know all of that. Can you touch that amount of buying power for an impact, a community for that low of investment for the year? Again, you add it all up, that's 10,000 high schools. Okay, it's $15 million. So that's, you know, you kind of, you, you, you talk out of maybe both sides of your mouth, but, but when you can educate, not only a state association on how to think about this and, and how to, to bring these things to fruition, but also then educate corporate America that this is now something that you can be part of. And here's how we can help you launch that brand new product. Or here's how we can make sure that, you know, people start to make lifelong buying decisions because we're starting to interact with them their second year in high school. Once, once we have all of those things working together, it's uh, the the future is very bright for what the high school space can deliver.
0: Well, you think about all the the, decisions you have to make, right? Whether it's, um, you know, by getting a car, right? Credit card, wh- whatever it might be that, that you need, um, there's endless opportunities there. And then I think from an employment standpoint too, right? Whether it's, hey, college isn't for everybody, right? So um, what are the potential employment opportunities that might be out there uh, for for a company to intertwine themselves across America, um, I think it's fascinating, right? And I think you know if you wind back, you know, even five years, right? It's like where was where was this space going, or or how, were, how was someone going to tap into it? Because you know the pro space is the pro space, college is college, and and that's obviously evolved uh, immensely, but. Right that high school space, it's, it's kind of a beast, right? Because there are 10,000 schools then, you know, that you, that you can tap into and you go as a marketer, how do I execute on that? Right? Like that's just a different thought path in itself, as opposed to I'm in one ballpark or I'm in, you know, three stadiums or whatever. So how do you execute across that? And that, that is a,
1: we, I can't tell you how many meetings I've been in the last few years, where I hear something to the effect of, I've always thought about high school, but, and it's immediately following that but, is that's, that's where TPG comes in. So I've thought about high schools, but how do, I, how do I activate that even 50 schools? I don't wanna hire a full-time person to call principals or athletic directors or you know, whoever, that, whoever that school decision maker may be. And, and that's, that's what we are creating that's what we're built to do. And what we've, you know, coming in at that state association level is, you know, a really powerful tool to start looking at, here's how you approach, whether it just be Ohio or Arizona, or the Midwest, or the country. And as we, as some of those things get bigger, some of the turnkey options, you know, get a little bit more defined. If it's one big blowout at two state football championships, you know, that's, that's pretty easy. If it's making sure that you get a uniform appearance at 10,000 high schools, then we've got a lot of work to do. And let us, let us kind of show you how we're going to put that plan in action, how we're going to roll it out, how we're going to communicate it, and then how we're going to button it all back up at the end of the year to make sure that we, that we did everything we want. And that, and that is where it, it, as you do that, whether it's the decisions of the future or that current, you know, parents or household is, you know, we use that term a lot. That is, this is we're, we're entering in a time where we know roughly where everybody will be when they start shaving, whether male, male or female. They're probably going to be eighth grade freshmen in high school. And, you know, so to take that and say, well, how do we, how do we work with that with a Gillette or you know, a chick, You know how? You know, you know. And I'm, I'm making that up or not doing that, but that is that. Like that's the that's the vision of what it can be. There, are, there are a couple life changing moments that we all experience in high school. We turn 16. So, how do we how do we bring someone's sweet 16 to a brand, but then bring the brand to them at the local level? That means once they're their customer whether it's the automobile they buy, the insurance that they purchase, whatever it is that they, they then stick with for the next 40 years. Graduation. You know, who, who, doesn't, who, does, who can't immediately, when you say that word, think about the day that you walked across the stage, the podium, the football field at your high school when you graduate? How do we you know, tastefully and, and subtly use that life experience on behalf of a brand that impacts that family and that Community organization, but also delivers for for some type of corporate partner.
0: Yeah, a lot of possibilities for sure, and I think it, it'll be interesting to see as we continue to to keep tabs on TPG and where where the high school space is going, just kind of how it evolves, right? And and uh, with technology and and even you know we had uh, we had. Uh, one of the executives from NFHS on to kind of talk about the streaming platforms, you know, quite a few episodes ago and, and you know, where's that going, right? And and the abilities to broadcast everything. And, and so it'll just be really, really interesting to see how it can evolve and and where the resources can lie to, uh, like you said, tap into to those memories uh, and, and life events, right? So Um, All right, let's wrap up with some rapid fire. Okay. Uh, uh, One of the questions, you know, I'm I'm, I'm thinking about is there's a lot of different brands that are out there that you've worked with, that you want to work with, right? Mm -hmm. Um, What's the one brand that you've come across across the years been like wow didn't even know that existed obviously it's part of your job you know to find them but that's really cool
1: (laughs) there have been quite a few that's a really good question i just my knee-jerk reaction i would probably say united healthcare and and while they're not new we've all seen them and what they do was as I got to work with them much more deeper at Ohio State, and even now in this role, um, to see what they're all about and the, the amount of initiatives that each, not, not silo by any means, but division have. So in some cases, you know, whether you're a, a, a UHC member or not, they're advocating for multiple changes and in initiatives for the under underprivileged demographic on the flip side they are also heavily targeting small businesses and they're using some partnerships to address kind of all of those while they don't necessarily do the same thing at the same time it's been neat to see how they've evolved approach the space and begin to to win uh, not only hearts and minds but even even business through sport partnership with that dual focus
0: what's one state you haven't been to that you're either working with or could work with that you want to visit
1: that, that tpg's working with Yep, i have never been to maine um and and that? from, and that's what everybody i i continually hear how great it is and i like you know i, I i'm a i'm an angler i like to fish i like the outdoors And so I need to, I need to make a trip to Maine. I would like to actually see it for myself versus always hear about it. Lobsters? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you got to, how can you go there? And even though I'm not a a huge lobster guy, I like it well enough that if I'm there, I have to have one.
0: (laughs) There you go. Uh, One sporting event you've never been to that you want to go to? The Masters. I, that is you know, I, I don't, that's probably a newer thing within the
1: last 10, 15 years, but that's, that is kind of, I, I really want to, to, to attend that sooner than later.
0: One sport in high school you wish you would have
1: played? Baseball. I, I don't know why. Stop playing in middle school and then, you know, that everything, I guess, changes quite a bit between middle school and high school, as far <laughs> as uh, the velocity of, of the pitches and whatnot. And I just, I started doing things and using the spring to probably hang out with friends and do things I shouldn't be doing. I should have played baseball. All
0: right. I've started to ask this question on a couple episodes. Last one. If you couldn't work in sports, sports didn't exist, just not, not a possibility, what would you do? Lawyer. I, I, I like. Well, we, we all know you like to talk, so that, that's, that's for yeah. one. But I'm yeah, saying I like, I like cool.
1: to talk. I like to talk. I like to strategize and I like to try to find, you know, how do we how do we come out on top, whichever side, whatever issue you're on. I like to try to find those ways to, to kind of negotiate that and and win.
0: Very interesting. I, I'm I'm fascinated to always kind of understand like obviously people, you know, the opportunities in sport are are fantastic and and there's so many now. Um but you know, if it didn't exist, right? Like, what would you do? Yep. And then, uh, one would think, well, why not be a sports sports lawyer? Maybe that's in the future. You know, Maybe. never, Maybe.
1: Know. <laughs> yep, never know.
0: Never well, too Luke, late to learn. Never too late to learn. That's right. As a as an educator, uh, <laughs> never too late to learn. Uh, Luke, really appreciate your time on. the life in the front office podcast presented by suge organic uh certainly we'll love to have you on in the future uh to follow tpg kind of where it goes and uh nonetheless uh always enjoy the conversation thanks jake really appreciate your time love being on and Thanks for listening to the Life in the Front Office podcast presented by Suja Organic. Remember, you can get 15% off any one-time pack on shop.sujajuice.com with the code LIFO, L-I-F-O. And remember, if you like this episode or you like the Life in the Front Office podcast, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Really appreciate you tuning in and stay tuned for the next one.